My husband and I have been Catholics from birth, as have our children. They were baptized Catholic, and, and we are very active Catholics. Right now, we're still going to Mass, and we're still Catholics. I think if we gave my son a choice, he would not be, and he's only 10 years old. But he's pretty much lost his faith in a lot of different things, So, but he goes because we go. So I don't know what's going to happen because I shouldn't have been shocked, but I've been shocked by how cruelly the church, the St. Charles treated us. I mean, not only did they expel our kids, but then they started a smear campaign against us, my husband and I, and my son. And they just kept kicking us and kicking us, and it was really very difficult. It still is very difficult. St. Paul's has wonderful priests and good people, and if they didn't, we probably wouldn't be Catholic right now. But because of them, we are now, but I, I don't know. Anne McLaughlin is the mother of two children who were recently expelled from St. Charles Catholic School in Bloomington. This is Rob Burgess for WFHB News. According to the Catholic Educational Association, there are 7.6 million students in Catholic education at all levels. With all those students involved in these private Catholic institutions, where can they and their parents go if they have a problem they feel is falling on deaf ears? Miss McLaughlin pulled her children out of mandatory mass, she says, because of comments she heard Father Charles Chesaboro of St. Charles Catholic Church make. She says this led to her children's expulsion. This school year, I was attending the Friday school mass with my kids and was concerned about Father Charlie, some of the things he was saying and doing. So I decided to take my kids out of the mass because I don't let them be around people who speak that way. And I told the principal I was doing that and she said that would be okay. On October 6th, Father Charlie convened what he called the governing bodies and they decided to expel my two children effective October 13th. According to Miss McLaughlin, though, it didn't end there. So we went before the school board in that week while they were still in school, and the school board, most of them were equally as appalled, and someone from the school board agreed to talk to Father Charlie about it. And then on Friday, October 13th, which was the day they were supposed to be done, we received word that they were going to be reinstated, that Father Charlie was going to let them stay but that we would have to sign something saying that we agreed to send them back to Mass and agreed to abide by all the other school policies, and we did. We signed that, and then we went and we told the kids that they were going to be able to stay because they were so unbelievably upset. I told them that Friday morning, and then at, I started getting phone calls in the afternoon that there was a second letter that we would have to sign. And at 3 o'clock we got the letter after the kids were out of school, and it was a type of a gag order saying that we couldn't express any of our concerns to anyone if we had anything, any other concerns, and that if we did, that the children would be expelled the next day. And we saw that as a gag order, and our conscience, my husband and I, we, we couldn't agree to sign it. It would have made every day very tenuous for our kids because it was worded so vaguely and there was a second thing in there that if we had any concerns about anything that we would have to do whatever the school told us so we just we couldn't do it we couldn't sign it and so the kids were expelled again and traumatized again and are still feeling the trauma of it has been really difficult for them calls by wfhb to saint charles catholic church were directed to the archdiocese in indianapolis Spokesman Greg Otulski refused to be recorded and said that the church's only statement on the matter was that the children had been expelled for disobeying school rules. 
Mr. Otolsky further added that no one else from the church would be commenting on this situation and that WFHB should be very careful about what we put in this story. According to Anne McLaughlin, this sounds typical of the church's response as of late to charges against clergy members, but says as a Catholic, she is disappointed. I know, because I've been a lifelong Catholic, that the majority of priests are good people. They're, they're wonderful people, the priests I've met. And the Catholic Church continues to cover up for these few troubled priests at the expense of all the priests. I mean, now many people look at all priests with some kind of suspicion because of these few that are troubled. So what they're doing makes no sense to me. What the Church is doing makes no sense to me because it's a, like a lose-lose situation. My kids lose. You know, lifelong priests, really good priests lose in this, and I, I don't get it. But this is not the Church that I want to be a part of, and it's not the Church I want my kids to be a part of. Joe Fico, who has been a parishioner since 2002, teaches the Rite of Christian Initiation, or RCIA, at St. Charles. He says that he can understand why the church would take such an approach when dealing with complaints about priests. If it were me, I would probably be the same way. Because not knowing the facts, you don't want to jump in and say, no, no, he's a good priest, he's, he's out of spotlight, and then find out there really is something bad. And you don't want to jump on the bandwagon, yeah, that's right, the priests all need a big shakedown. Find out he didn't do anything wrong. It's, it's being assuming either way. And so, yeah, you would probably want to be a little more stonewalled and say, hey, he's a priest, he's a human being, he has a reputation, he has a, you know, this whole ministry in front of him. You know, we don't want to wink at something or tarnish something prematurely. That, in my opinion, it seems of more of a wiser stance to take. You know, without the facts, it's like being a, a Catholic priest and being a authority figure makes him an easy target. It's very easy to take something out of context or, as a form of retaliation, accuse him. I think that's the dilemma when, when you have this. It's obviously the priest has been stigmatized by previous allegations, so you really want to be careful how much you feed into that or poo-poo it. Mr. Fico paints a slightly different picture of Father Charlie and says that he is nothing if not a genuine person. As a priest and a man, I love the guy to death. He's a, he's a great guy to talk with, um, very real, uh, very down-to-earth, uh, very open. Kind of guy that strikes me, never met a stranger. In response to the charges of racist comments, Mr. Fico acknowledges that they may have occurred, but maintains that Father Charlie doesn't actually mean anything by them. I would agree that probably a lot of comments get verbalized, but racist, I think, implies a kind of a, an intention that he's trying to, uh, I don't know, spite or look down upon, criticize, condemn, in some way negatively portray someone based on racial, ethnic caricatures. And uh, that's where I think that's that's not Father Charlie. That's, that's not inside him. He has an off-color sense of humor that I found very common in, in the region, you know, Northwest Indiana, where I grew up, there's a lot of ethnicity a lot of that kind of off-color humor. But that doesn't in any way imply um, kind of an inherent hatred or disrespect for the person. It's just, it's just the nature of humor. I think the same words written down, said by someone else, could be considered. But I, I think this is something that's just, because it's socially perceived, it's very easily misunderstood or twisted. That's where I would, if someone were to tell me a story about, I would, I would just go to bat and tell them, no, that, He's not being racist, that's, that's just his way. Father Charlie retired on January 10th for what is said by the church to be health reasons, and his replacement, Father William F. Stumpf, has already begun his work within the parish. Anne McLaughlin, though, says Father Charlie may not be pulling back quite as much as she once thought.
I had thought and I had been told that he was going to retire over the summer. But then it was, they heard December and then January. When all this was happening, the pastor told my husband that he had, that the pastor had been asked to stay on and help out at St. Charles even after he retired. And the principal told me that the pastor did say that he wanted to spend more time in the classroom after he retired. So, yes, they say he's retiring. I'm not sure what that really means. After all this, she says, there is still no appeal she can file as far as what she feels was the wrongful expulsion of her children from St. Charles. I mean, if you go to the archbishop and they decide not to do anything, you're done. That's it. There's no recourse. You know, in the public school system, you have so many levels and layers you can go through to get some recourse, and there are none in this archdiocese. In the coming weeks and months, Ms. McLaughlin says that she will be seeking out other families who have had similar problems so that their voice can be heard as one. My best advice would be to engage other people that you know and talk about it because I wasn't aware of other people having problems until our story came out and that hopefully together some change can be created. For WFHB News, I'm Rob Burgess. This is the Daily Local News.